You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the Yardbirds self-titled album Yardbirds. In the room I have Sean, Grady, Ben, John, and Adam. The Yardbirds is a self-titled album by the English rock band of the same name released on the 15th of July 1966 on Columbia Records in the UK and Epic Records in the US. The album was also titled uh, Roger the Engineer as the cover is a drawing of the record's album engineer Roger Cameron by the band's member Chris Deja. It was produced by Salmon Naperbell and Paul Samwell Smith. The genre is psychedelic rock and rock. And I'm going cool. to read from the book here. Uh, John Harrington had a pretty good article. The Yardbirds finally unleashed their first studio LP in August 1966, by which time the band featured an incendiary guitar soloing Jeff Beck, who replaced Eric Clapton. The album was much delayed by heavy touring of Europe and the U.S., where the Yardbirds became a primary inspiration to the myriad garage and psychedelic bands springing up, and was eventually written and recorded in just one week at AdVision Studios in London. The Yardbirds mixes up supercharged blues, prototype psychedelic feedback, and Gregorian monk chants to great effect, anticipating a heavy blues rock of Cream and Led Zeppelin. The searing Lost Woman, the Naz are blue, and Rack My Mind reflect the way the band built fiery workouts from traditional blues riffs and licks. In the process, showcasing Beck's astonishing talent, hit single over under sideways down is baseline to rock around the clock yet manages to sound positively futuristic with the addition of beck's winding guitar and stop start structure of the song and the rabble rousing calls of hey what did we think of the yardbirds self-titled album i was less than impressed by it i think it's kind of forgettable yeah (laughs) i think that the yardbirds as a band are like they launched the careers of three Undeniably good guitar players. Eric Clapton, Eric, Jeff Beck, and Jimmy Page. Right. Uh, the Yardbirds, as a band, they they deserve their day in court of rock and roll history. This album, it I, I think it's pretty unmemorable. I think it's got a bit of an identity crisis between. I have the word unmemorable uh, written right here. Between uh-huh. uh, you know psychedelic rock that we've I kind of already heard. Blues should be the first word. Well, lumping oh, Gregorian yeah, no, chant I, I, as if it's on equal right, like, yeah, yeah. measure with the rest of those is it's also blues rock. Kind of ridiculous. This is right, not just any blues. Like 
my dad's blues. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I listened to it, I didn't Chicago know dad blues? Dude, the, the uh, Nazar Nazar blue. More like the dads have blues. <laughs> dad's got blues. <laughs> well, and it's also a little kind of confused or conflicted because it gets into these brick poppy jangly psychedelic sort of things but they all seem really generic so derivative well and but how can you call it derivative it's the first thing but to they're do not so the first doing not. this so there were the birds doing some of that right but i mean when when you get to some of these things some of these things are are new New, this sort of new. blues that's going on is not new. No, this the blues is, is not new. This is uh, this is straight up. It's the just, feedback. The feedback the feed, is the one yeah. contributing I mean, thing that I heard that I was like, sure. In this book, the Who's first album, yeah. a year before this. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But like, it's I'm, true. I missed they, that they had a slightly, <laughs> diff- slightly different style though. This is this has that fuzz tone. That was the thing that struck mm-hmm. me is that fuzz tone. So. There, uh, yeah, well, and I oh. thought there were some interesting elements, like in over under sideways down. There's a little, you know, sort like of Middle song. Eastern riff over yeah. the over the basic uh, bass. Yeah, and and then some... you know, and then uh, like whatever that last song was, the ever since the world began sounds like you know early Sabbath, kind of a little bit sounds kind of like War Pigs. <laughs> there, there are a few different Sabbath moments on the album, yeah. which is which is great. But like the first time I listened to it, I was like, I don't enjoy this because the oh, the blues yeah. rock stuck out. So much harder than exactly. all the, the yeah. Eastern influences and like the fun rock and roll stuff and the fuzz. Blues rock just came through the strongest, and mm. I don't care for it as a non dad. When uh, <laughs> when Birch read that it was a written and recorded in a week, something just clicked like, in my yeah, brain. That sounds right. Because I kept thinking like, there's obviously a bunch of super capable musicians here. Like that's not the problem. It's, the problem is not that these guys can't play. It's just that the songs lack a lot of personality from a structure and writing standpoint. The lyrics, I couldn't tell you one thing they said. I couldn't hum a melody um, I from pretty much And then the singing the is like, I think it's supposed to be playful and like it, roguish It or comes something. off like Monty Python. <laughs> it doesn't sound cool. <laughs> no. Like, I, I think Spinal Tap. Yeah, some of it yeah. is straight just, up just yeah. strange, like Farewell is just, yeah, like which, Monty Python. Which may be us, you know, being a little jaded coming this far, you know, from the future, but... I mean, it does not sound like cool. The reason I'm not a complete thumbs down is because I can see where this maybe it did inspire lots of stuff. of their career, and I know like the Yardbirds, uh, forever changing lineup, forever changing sounds, for that I commend them, but at this point of their career, they've already had a big hit with For Your Love, they've already had a huge hit with Heart Full of Soul, both those songs rip, and I can hum them to you, Any, I can w- wake up in the morning and hum you those songs, They're, they are... So, like, but those are, those are pop songs, and this is moving in a different direction uh, as a result of Jeff Beck entering the group. But Jeff Beck was a guitar player for Heartful of Soul, wasn't he? 
Yeah, but this is his sick blues this is his, this is his first it's their first album and it's all original material too. Mm. So I mean as being a lover of garage rock, blues, stuff like this, everything that has come kind of from this, yeah, it doesn't doesn't go far enough outside of the box of blues to get like you know, a lot of credit, but at the same time it's got real that fuzz tone has like a real character. Jeff Beck's playing in a lot of the songs has real character. And also there's like a lot, there's a couple things that are like, they do these like psychedelic breaks or whatever, like the uh, uh, upside. Uh, over under. Over, uh, over under. Yeah. When they go to the bridge of that, or not the bridge, but the chorus, it's like this weird psychedelic kind of mishmash of like blues meets psychedelic. And so you can kind of see where a lot of this, you know, a lot of the things in their breaks, that was one thing. I love a good, like, rev up break, which is what they, I guess, were known for. And having those just, like, stop start, you know, those. Sure. And there's a couple, like, sing along where they're doing haze in that song and doing some other uh, whistling. That song was, like, along. my shining beacon yeah. on this album. But, yeah. Like, there's not an entire track that I'm like, yeah, I want to listen to that again. It's like, yeah. I can yeah. analyze, like, this part of a break or a chorus or this tone here or there, but it's not cohesive enough for there's me to get it. There's certainly moments That's what a lot solid. of reviews I, I read, they said that it was very... You know, all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. And it's all so. over the place, and all of their sounds, I think, are a little bit underdeveloped. I uh, noticed that, like, I was listening to it on Spotify, and uh, I got really, like, fatigued from listening to this album. And, like, there was a moment where I'm like, I go to check to see if it's done yet. <laughs> and this song starts, and it was just a really bad song. And it's bad enough that Sarah from across the room was like, ah. Jeff's boogie or something. And it was actually the first bonus track. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> this over. See, I, I also listened to on Spotify, and I saw all those songs, and I was like, shit. Hell no. And then I listened to, like, you know, a decent amount of it, and I was like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. And I looked, and I wasn't even to the end of the actual album yet. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's... But, but the second listen, I did enjoy it a lot more. The one thing I noticed about it, though, is I think now we're at the point where we can really clearly see the influences on everything, like, because we're that far into the list. And I think the things that they've taken from history are things that I don't necessarily care for. And so, like, they just took a lot of historical influences that maybe aren't, aren't the best parts of the things that they're influenced by. The one four five shuffle is not there's a There's that 12 <laughs> bars all over this record, yeah. 12 bar blues. And then... I think another thing I would suggest as a possibility is that here you have all these players, these people that are, you know, vital components of of later groups. Or, um, but what you don't have is like somebody writing some great songs and being like, "Help me color this up, guys!" Like, yeah, that's what's really lacking as a voice. And I, I feel like there's just like there's just a lot of people in a room. It's like I'm not saying it's like a we are the world kind of thing. <laughs> kind of is, but. Just a little bit of that, like, supergroups rarely work because there's there's no continuity. Uh, occasionally you have a couple people that get together and really just know how to lay back or step up. This record just feels like it's kind of... Is it a supergroup? But it like I don't think it was a really incubator. Group. Yeah. Well, right, right. Yeah. None of those guys were in the band at the like, same time. But, well, Paige and Beck overlapped a, like, a little bit. They did, yeah. And that was, that was the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like stuff that... Leaving Clapton out of this conversation, I like huh. stuff that most of those other guys went on and, and did well, and I a think lot more. So uh, it gave them like, I think the Yardbirds are an interesting group because I feel like it gave them 
freedom to have this backing band and they could experiment with their own guitar abilities and they were all i mean jeff beck was like a studio guy so i feel like it's you bring in a hot shit you know guitar player and just see what you can do with this this group Mm -hmm. jimmy page was a session dude yeah and he was with them before beck right no jimmy page was after you sure about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Clapton mm-hmm. left, and Clapton recommended Jimmy Page as That's his replacement. Right. They approached Jimmy Page, <laughs> and at the time, his session work was so lucrative, he didn't want to give it up. And then, like, years or so later, he... I think he recommended Beck then. He mm-hmm. Yeah, Page yeah. then recommended Beck. Yeah. And then eventually, Jimmy Page joined the band. There's a slight overlap of where him and Beck were both in the band. That's where it's at. <laughs> and then Beck left. Yeah. Imagine if that's your social network. Like, those three guys, just like, oh, I have a buddy who can help you out. And oh, I bet this guy's pretty good at the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. They can strum a guitar. I was thinking about that, too. Like, I remember, I was looking at the personnel, and I remember, like, seeing this drummer's name, like, back when I would read Modern Drummer magazines, and I was, like, a teenager, and it's like, this guy is sloppy as shit. Like, <laughs> you had to just be this place playing drums with these people, and then now you're, like, a, a legend, even though it's pretty unremarkable. I don't know. I have a question as a non non blues rock fan. Um, are drummer like is there a such thing as like a well known notable blues rock drummer? Well, so probably, but uh, yeah. uh, what's his name? Noel uh, Redding of Jimi Hendrix's drummer. Uh, yeah. I would argue, yeah, like is a shit hot drummer. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a blues combo. Um, and then I would say I uh, was gonna John say Bonham, John possibly. Bonham is yeah. about to happen. Yeah. As you know, talking about Jimmy Page. We're just getting into drums are not just there to keep the rhythm right. yeah. as a also, element in these albums. In, like, in rock. I mean, jazz has been doing that. For, but I mean, in these, but in these rock sure, and even yeah, yeah. just like mainstream records. So I've, I was actually thinking like, wow, I wonder if the first like significant drum record in the rock or pop it was, world. It was The Who. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. For yeah. this book especially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that, for, like, that, that uh, was when the drummer what like is the. That's like, a new thing though. Yeah, absolutely. Know? That's what we kind of talked about. I mean, like Ringo's been playing, but like Ringo's like classically yeah. described as like the the guy who's like, oh, he's fine. You know? <laughs> like, he's like, good. I don't. That, yeah. That's actually more of a joke than anything. Ringo's actually a rad drummer. Yeah. But I mean, like the parts are so uh, understated yeah. and very simple and sure. really low in the mix. Yeah, like much more so than Keith Moon. Right, right. It's not a focal point. Jeff's Boogie came on. I got senses of uh, Brian Seltzer and Re- Reverend Horton Heat, like their ears just like perking up oh, and being God. like, "This is this is our thing right here." I can't wait for the '90s. This I've right got here. that new sound. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. Jeff's Boogie just sounds. It just sounds like soundtrack song. It's like he's like it's just a simple boogie woogie riff put to twelve bars. Just keep it going until the sound guy gives you the thumbs up. Basically, it's, I'm going to solo the song. song you know? And by the way, Bert, you got to make fun of I'm glad you called him Brian Seltzer. Yeah. 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 That's his name, right? Yeah. <laughs> Byron Seltzer. <laughs>
It's the only Yardbirds album to appear in the oh. UK album charts where it reached number 20 in the US and it reached number 52. Sorry. It's, it's number in 20 these, in the like, UK and number 52. It's all timeless and I just. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen the it same definitely, thing. It's on all the lists. I mean, it definitely <laughs> represents something as this like blues garage, and that was a very definite thing at the time. And I feel like it got so many imitators from this this kind of style of what they were doing. Plus, that I hate to keep bring it back, but that fuzz is like that's yeah. legendary. Like Jeff Beck, like people. Yeah. Well, and, and it, have we? One and they still got tones. pictures of Jeff Beck all over the Guitar Center. Yeah, know? exactly. I mean, this is like definitely. I think this is a guitar record, and the people who are interested in the progression of guitar uh, and the uh, the changing, like what you can do with it, I get that element of it. I, I think it's sort of it's almost like grandfathered in because it's just features all these people, these notable people, early developing their guitar style well and have we had electrified rock and roll with like slight middle eastern or slight african rhythms to date did did we have them before this we had raga which was indian yeah but indian is not african well it is middle eastern but yeah well it's not exactly i think you said middle eastern Uh, i did i did okay sub-saharan so african not as prominently um at least not not in i mean not, well, I mean, we did. We had like Miriam Makeba. And we had well, yeah, but that's straight up African rhythms, so not electrified rock and roll with African rhythms. I can't believe I missed that week. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. That album's so great. this is this is the first. I'm just white, saying white this, dudes co-opting. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to have white dudes co-opting, well, we had uh, Brubeck co-opting uh, Eastern European rhythms. Well, I mean, it goes back to Elvis. But, yeah, exactly. So if you have white dudes co-opting Middle Eastern rock and African rhythms. That leads you to Led Zeppelin. That leads you to some of the Who later. That leads you to some of the other stuff, right? I mean, that's that's where I find value in this album. Like, yeah. it's schizophrenic. I don't necessarily like every song, but I like what it's going to let me build on. It's so dumbed yeah. and watered down, though. Whatever this song we're listening to, this, mel- this vocal melody is just like, <laughs> the worst. It's like, so it's like a children's <laughs> yeah, it's sing-song, sing-songy nonsense. children's yeah. garbage. It's I thought garbage. it was a nice break from the other shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is different. Yeah, I, think the, uh, I, I, liked, I think I like the ones that I wrote down because they were just something not blues rock. Yeah. Um, all yeah. The, the more like, all right, psych so light let's, let's go around the room. I'm gonna start it off, and I'm on the positive side, so I will just leave it at that. Mainly because of their influence. I like garage rock. This kind of feels like a garage, like a starting point for garage rock. Yeah, they're simple songs, but they do enough in their like rave up, their breaks, their like sing-alongs that you get to Gary Glitter, you get to some of these other like rockers and it, uh, animals and all those other bands. So yeah, I give it a neutral. Yeah, I think, you know, there are things I like about it, but they're not anything that feels special to me or really grabs me. And, you know, the things I don't like about it, I just don't really care about. So it's, I didn't yeah. listen to this and get mad. I was just like, uh, oh. okay. Yeah, it's, it's more just not my, my style. It's and I thought I actively hate it, but I can see where it has its place. I certainly will never listen to this album again. Um, I'm, I'm just a neutral as well. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give it a, a negative I think, uh, and I think like I said I think the, the the Yardbirds deserve their place in history but this is we're talking about albums yeah. and I think as an album this isn't a very strong album 
I love garage rock. Uh, I've already heard it with the Sonics. I've already heard it with the Who. I've already heard it with the Monks. I've already heard it with the 13th Floor Elevators. I don't think that this Yardbirds album, other than adding my dad's blues, <laughs> is really elevating the genre that much. And that being said, I don't hate it. But is it crucial listening? I don't think so. I'm going to give it a positive. Um, I mean... The reason that this is your dad's blues is that Jeff Beck is your dad. <laughs> so, oh so, my god! You know, Scoop. I mean, surprise! <laughs> I meant time-wise. This is this is your dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is '67. Yeah. So your dad 66. would have been 23, getting his guitar, <laughs> doing his boogie. Uh, my dad was 15, 16, thank you very much. Okay, my well, dad was go. seven. Well, <laughs> your dads all decided to pick up the guitar and play this blues, so it's on them. Um, and I'm also going to give it a positive for the things that it later came to. I'll listen to Over, Under, Sideways, Down again. Mm-hmm. Maybe none of the other songs on this album, but uh, overall I've got to give it a thumbs up. This is so varied, I feel like. Uh, for me, I, was, I came in thinking I was going to give it a neutral, uh, but like... Hearing it the second time, uh, I'm leaning towards negative, basically because it's just I'd never want to hear this again. Uh, <laughs> I would ra- I would rather listen to so many other things that do this in a better written format. I'd rather hear better songs than hear players who are really already good players but just haven't been parts of good songs yet. Like I, you know, it's like a, it's like a D plus to me. So it's like, I think I gotta give it a negative, whether it influenced or captured the moment. I just, it feels careless to me. I feel yeah. like you all had great points about that though, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. That, that particular round table is like yeah. you could go any direction yeah. with this album, and it, it's true. I don't want to fight any of you. Yeah. <laughs> Make up your own damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> that'll do it for this one. Next time we'll be talking about Nina Simone's Wild is the Wind. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>